Good morning, church. I'm Ashley, and today's reading comes from Psalms 14. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and exalt your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people exalt you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who bow down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You hand your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This sermon is inspired by the beautiful friends I've made at my home church here at Knox and the conversation we had Wednesday evening. As well to Peter and Ashley. Thank you from all of us. <clears throat> Are you tired, worn out, burned out by the day-to-day -day rhythm of your life? Does your mind run rampant in the middle of the night? Or do you wake up early because you're having nightmares and you thought that they were just for kids? Does the idea of social interaction give you anxiety? Are you depressed or distracted all of the time? Not very present no matter where you are. Are you suppressing emotion from people you love and who you love and who love you and have no idea what to do with it? Are you so lonely that even death feels tempting? Are you so worried about the state of the world that the only thing you can feel towards her is apathy? Do you have so much to worry and stress about on your mind and it feels like everything is getting worse and worse, harder and harder, darker and darker, and it's all happening just so fast and just won't stop? These feel like casual questions to be asking at the end of our talks on mourning being turned into joy. 
And this interpretation of reality that I just painted in the form of a few questions sits in stark contrast to the zesty joie de vie, the pop and color of the world, as written in the poem in the Library of Scripture, recited for us today, Psalm 145. So today I want to ask you one more question. If you were to take a long walk with God this evening, what story is he telling you about his day? What's going on in the world from his perspective? <laughs> My favorite thing about poetry, as Psalm 145 is a poem, is that poetry takes two or more seemingly unrelated stories, words or ideas, and puts them together. And in doing so, reveals a common thread between them, and ultimately, between everything. Poetry is holistic and inclusive and universal. Everything has its place and purpose. Poetry opens up the world in that two disconnected stories become threaded together as one. Psalm 145 paints two different perspectives on one story. On one hand, it's a lovely story as spread across the history and future of time. From start to finish, God is doing these wonderful and beautiful things on earth and in people's lives. He's present and unfazed by our chaos. He's gracious when we just don't know any better. He's merciful when we've done nothing but ask for trouble. He's absurdly generous to anyone who could use a break, and he sturdies people's legs when they begin to shake. And on the other hand, it's the story of you and I, our uncles and our aunts, our neighbors. It's the story of humanity, generation after generation, as understood through God's story of the world in this poem. And our role in this story is quite simple. According to the psalm, as God is going about his God life, how we come to participate in the story with him is we first meditate and watch the grand story of God and time unfold before our eyes and all around us and inside of us. We meditate, watch, listen and internalize it and then participate in it by passing on the story then the next generation meditates watches internalizes and participates by passing on the story again and suddenly like a good poem does psalm 145 reveals that what at first may seem like two disconnected stories. God and the world, God and you and I, are actually part of the same package and contributing together to the overarching story of time. The poem paints what is an enchanted picture 
of a moment-by-moment understanding of reality where God is creating his brilliance and goodness and generosity in every neighborhood, city, and home. And every single person and thing is on the receiving end of his generosity. In this poem, we all have a role to play in this peace-filled and vibrant world. But if you're anything like me, I read this psalm and think, well, cool. My relationship with depression doesn't seem to fit in here. The chaos of my schedule doesn't leave a lot of room to meditate and to share stories, Pastor. There's so much to do and get done. There's so much to buy and worry about. And as far as I can tell, my nine to five grind doesn't exactly fit like it's straight out of a poem from scripture. I wanna share with you a part of my story. A time not so long ago where I couldn't sleep, was stressed beyond my wildest dreams. A time where I honestly did not know if I could handle the pressure and sadness of one more day. I want to share with you how through expressing joy and by what I mean by expressing joy is living slowly. Living slowly became my entrance point from merely reading the poem Psalm 145 to it becoming more and more my perception and lived reality of life and the world. <laughs> so, up till just last December, my wife, the sweet Caitlin, and I were living in Newfoundland, creating a church in the heart and soul of downtown St. John's. Much of the story is plastered with beauty. However, it may have also been one of the darkest and the loneliest experiences of my entire life. I was young and full of dreams, but had little to no systems of support. Like all of us, I spent considerable time drowning in my own insecurities. I felt a weight, an intense pressure to produce impossible results to be a trendy hipster pastor, to become and do what everyone else was doing. The result of all that? In the year 2019, not one night rolled by where I wasn't jolted awake in the middle of the night by nightmares and anxiety. I never slept. My anxiety turned into depression and consumed me until I became it. And as depression does, I suddenly felt more alone than I ever had before. And not even the company of people who I knew loved me and I loved them could change my mind. My marriage took one too many blows to the stomach from my personal pain. And then when, I things, then when things felt as if they couldn't get any darker, I found myself formulating a plan to end my life. And I'm not sure that I would have survived if I hadn't early in those dark years had my entire perception 
of what it means to live and practice the way of Jesus reoriented. The way of Jesus, Christianity boiled down. The bones of it are three incredibly simple points. Learn to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And as all the best friendships go, as we learn to spend time together, we inevitably begin to become alike. We begin to perceive the world in similar ways. And eventually, two seemingly disconnected stories aren't so disconnected anymore. Slowly, they become one. I attribute the redemption of those dark years to one practice, a new habit that provided life with the zesty joie de vie, the joy of life that was stolen from me. A practice that with time became the way I lived in and interpreted the world as Psalm 145 does. That practice is and was to slow everything down. What I began to do, how I started to spend time with Jesus, to slow down and to learn to see what's happening in the world as he does, is I started first by waking up earlier. I'd light a candle and try to sit in silence. I wouldn't say a word. Ten minutes at first, then maybe 15, and on a really good day, 20 minutes. And maybe then I'd read a book. I began to practice going for walks, and more than that, while walking, I would intentionally try walking slower than I normally would. When cooking, I would pay attention to every peel of a vegetable I would made. I began brushing my teeth slower. When I'd be in conversations with anyone, I'd start telling myself that this moment, this person is the most important thing in the world right now, and I am not going to rush through this. See, Jesus was a walker. It took him three years to get from one city to another, so you can imagine that he took things slow. He was often found unhurried by life's demands and pressures, and slowly would make his way out to the mountains to sit by quiet pools. He'd make breakfast for his friends and sat for long hours over dinner and conversations. Jesus moved slowly, and God always has. So, to find myself in sync and in rhythm and with Jesus, I began to slow my life down. And the longer I do this, actually the simpler it gets I'm no longer not as consumed with digital distractions or consumer politics. God has been showing me the glory of his kingdom on earth in all of life's mundane places that I so easily overlooked before. It became there in the average and day-to-day of my life from French pressing coffee to folding socks. That reality as understood in Psalm 145 was exposed to be right before my very eyes. So, let me ask, 
if God were to invite you on one of his slow evening walks, would you go? Would you listen to the stories he has to tell? Would you be able to walk and move as slowly as he does? What are the mundane places of your life that you so easily overlook? What stories are you paying attention to? Is your life digitally distracted? Are you intimidated by the ruthless hurry of our economic structure? The pressure to be an Instagram parent, the pressure to conform to trends and spend money that you don't have, doing what everyone else is doing. Is life all about getting and getting and you have no idea how to just be? Are you seeing the story of your life as Psalm 145 sees it? Or is it all going so fast that even if God was right there, you wouldn't be able to stop long enough to notice? I'll be honest. I actually don't know where it is in your life you need to slow down. I know what worked for me, but your daily rhythm is unique to you. So first, let me tell you, before you start practicing taking it slow, I want you to know that a voice of shame and guilt for slowing down is going to try and haunt you. And most everything in culture is going to want to tell you to hurry it up and to tell you that you are being ridiculous. But you can tell that voice today or later to hurry on and get itself out of here. But where I would invite you to start is to look at the average places of your life. Laundry, paying bills, making dinner, taking a shower or brushing your teeth, walking to work or calling a friend. And try and do one of these things much slower than you normally would. There's a high chance that wherever your life seems rushed and stressful and busy isn't your fullest expression of joy. But as you begin to slow down, if the Psalms and Jesus are right, if my experience is true at all, as you slow down, slowing becomes the entrance point and the fullest expression of joy in the world. My invitation to all of you is to take God's evening walk and watch how in slowing down two seemingly disconnected stories, that of our lives and God's, become one. And I promise you surprise, starting in the mundane, then eventually even in the darkness, God moves our lives from death to life and from mourning into joy. So, are you tired, worn out, burned out by your current day-to-day -day rhythm? Hear the invitation of Jesus himself, the one person from whom which all joy flows, to slow down and rediscover his free and light joy.
of life. Amen. So today I want to invite you to make a plan and find time to take a long walk with God and intentionally take every single step slower than you normally would and let it there in the mundane heaven be opened up here on earth.